be reading through passages of scriptures this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 to verse 8. And afterwards, we'll be reading 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 and verse 18. We're going to be praying this morning. And we're also going to be having an anointing service. Praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 6 to 8, the Bible says, The Lord our God spoke unto us in Oreb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey and go to the mount of the Amorites and unto all the places near therefore in the plain, in the hills, and in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside. To the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon. Unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land. Which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. To give unto them and to their seed after them. I want us to understand what God was saying here because the Bible says the things that were written aforetime, they were written for our learning. The promise that God made to the children of Israel, he has also made to us. Because the Bible says that God was speaking to the children of Israel here. He says, go in and possess the land which I swear unto your fathers, that is Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, to give to them and to their seed after them. And the Bible makes us to understand that when we become born again, we become the seed of Abraham. That's what the Bible says in Galatians 3 and verse 13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made the curse for us, for it is written. Right? Curse is every man that hangs upon the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham. So when you become born again, when you become a believer, one of the things that happens, right, instantaneously is that you become the seed of Abraham. You become the seed of Abraham. And so whatever promise God made to the Jews, he has also made to you. You need to understand that all through scriptures, there are only three classifications of people. Number one are the Jews. Number two is the church. And number three is the nations. Number one is the Jews. Number two is the body of Christ, that is the church. And number three are the nations. The nations are referred to as the Gentiles. That is, those who are not part of the commonwealth of Zion. Those who are not part of our inheritance. Those who don't have a relationship with God. And you say, every promise that was made to the Jews, right, has also been made to the church in salvation. Not every practice or uh, obligations of the Jew is demanded of the body of Christ. But every promise that was made to the Jew has also been made to the church. And here God was saying to the children of Israel and also to us. He said you have stayed too long at this mountain. He said take your journey and go. Go take over the land. Go possess the land that I have given to your fathers. Because unto you have I given it. I don't know whatever promise God has made to you in recent times or in past times. And it seems as if those promises will never become a reality. But I decree and declare this morning that prophecies will be fulfilled in your life. In the name of Jesus. The promises of God will be quickened in your life. In the name of Jesus. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 17 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17 to verse 18. One of the things I would encourage you, I know I'm a very technological savvy person, so I'm not against technology, but I would encourage you, everyone in this house, I hope your only Bible is not the one on your phone. You know, last night before I slept, I tried to do that before I sleep, you know. Uh, the last thing I tried to do, because I know most people, the last thing they do is check their phone. Some people, their phone even sleep, they sleep off with their phone in their hand. If you are doing that to yourself, you are destroying your brain without knowing. One of these days I'll talk about that. One of the things I try to do, right, is to read. And oftentimes, not from a tablet, a printed book. 
And one of the things I saw, right, in one of the books I was reading is that in some colleges now, you know, even in the United States, professors are banning the bringing of laptops to classes. Because one of the things recent scientific research has discovered is that when you write something down, right, when you don't write something with your hands, especially when it has to do something with something with Okay, let me put it this way. When you don't write something with your mind and you only type it, it bypasses your subconscious mind. When you write it with your hand, right, there is a greater possibility you remember what you have written, unlike when you are just typing it. So I said that to say this. When you have a printed Bible, it is good to mark it right inside it. You will remember. That's why you notice that if you have a printed Bible, sometimes when you want to remember a scripture, you will remember what part of the Bible where you highlighted and where you read it. Or like if you are just scrolling to the screen. I hear what I'm saying this morning. The Bible says that in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 17 to 18. It says, but we brethren, now this is Apostle Paul speaking. There is no other apostle that was as anointed as Apostle Paul. This was a man that God spoke with. And he said that there are some things that God revealed to him that he was not at liberty to share with man. Now, everything that God showed to John, the beloved, he spoke about it, he wrote about it in the book of Revelations. And so, what Apostle Paul was saying that what John wrote in Revelation was not deep enough compared to what God showed him. Now, this same man, as anointed as he was, said that brethren, be taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart. We endeavored more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Did you see that? You see, some might have said maybe it's because he did not really want to go. But you see in verse 17, he said that with great desire, we wanted to see your face. With great desire. He said, and once and again, that is, the attempt to see your face wasn't something we just tried once. It was something we tried once and again. It was a consistent trial. You see, but over time, Apostle Paul said, now I've come to realize it was Satan that was injuring us. Because in one of the letters of Apostle Paul, he said that I want to come to you to see you physically so that I might impart unto you some spiritual gifts. Because there are things that can be sent. There are things that can only happen in the life of a believer through physical contact. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the Bible is making us to understand here, if you are a student of scriptures, it's because God wanted to do something in the life of the church in Thessalonica. But Satan did not want that to happen. And that's why he hindered the Paul the Apostle. I don't know, but I, you know, I, I don't know if this word is for someone here this morning, or maybe someone watching on, on, online. But there's someone who's been trying to travel for a while. You've been applying, I don't know the visa of the country, but you have been rejected. God said I should tell you this morning that it is not him that is holding it back. It's a satanic hindrance. And this morning I decree and declare that barrier is broken in the name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, there will be a testimony. In the name of Jesus. So if Paul the Apostle could say that Satan in that day, it simply means that barriers are no respect to only salvation. A man can be saved and still be delayed. You can be saved and still be hindered. You can be saved, talk talking, be a tithing believer, a declaration of faith confessing believer, and still have barriers on your path. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? And that is why we need to have us, we need to be sensitive as believers. We need to be sensitive when you are trying to do something, especially when you know that it is God that has put that desire in your heart. You see, the Bible says it is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You see, there is a level you get to in your walk with God, you see, that you don't have to pray all the time, God, what is your will for me? You just get to that level in your walk with God that God's desires become your desire. And that's what the Bible says. It works in us both to will and to do. That is, you will will, you will desire to do certain things. That's what Apostle Paul was saying here. He said, we desired. There was a great desire to come to you. There was a, he didn't say, the Holy Ghost told me to come to you. He just knew. He just knew. And let me tell you this. There is no place to be like than in that sweet spot. 
You see, if you still have to pray all the time, God, what is your desire? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Should I marry Cassandra, Alexandra, or Alex? You have a long way to go. You see, there's a level you just get to and you will just know. That's how God wants to lead you and I. You just know. But there are times, I believe there are people under the sound of my voice this morning that knows what I'm talking about. You know you are supposed to be doing this. You know that at this phase and stage of your life, you should have done certain things. But over time, you have come to accept it as normal. I've come to tell you this morning, don't accept stagnation as your normal. Don't accept stagnation as your normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God had to tell the children. You see, it is one of the reasons why people accept stagnation and barriers and embrace it. Is when you've been limited for a while. When you get a little respite of some sort. A little bit of freedom and comfort. You can embrace that small comfort as a form of victory. The children of Israel have been in slavery all their years. These guys just escaped the red, they just passed through the Red Sea. They just escaped the oppression of Pharaoh. So when they got to the other side of the Red Sea, the promised land was not in their mind. The only thing they were aware of is, ah, finally we are free from slavery. They were not thinking of God's ultimate goal. Why did he bring us out of slavery? Why? Why did he break that barrier? Why did he break that backbone of slavery? That our fathers have been in, our forefathers for 430 years. Why did he do that? They forgot about that. Why? Because they have been in slavery. It is possible for a man that has suffered so much financially to enter into some little coins and decide to tabernacle there. What do I mean? If 10,000 naira, 50,000 is so much to you, the day you touch 1 million or 5 million, you might think that's the ultimate. You might not want to go beyond that. And just like I've told you several times, in this house we are raising men and women of significance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Men and women of significance. Let me tell you this. You cannot truly have significance without a life of impact and influence. And you cannot have impact and influence if you don't have resources. If you don't have resources. Seated under the sound of my voice this morning are people that will build churches. People that will build orphanages. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't believe it. <laughs> I know I would do it. I don't know about you. But I know there are people under the sound of my voice that would do that. But do you know, even if you can't afford to buy a chair, how can you build a building? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So when we're talking about barriers, you see, let it, you, you need to be sensitive and conscious that God has called you to be a blessing, not just to be blessed. In Genesis 12 and verse 1, God ensured that Abraham knew the assignment that he had upon his life. He said, get out of your father's house into a land that I will show you. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. The ultimate purpose of my call upon your life is not just for you, verse 2. It's not just for you to be blessed. It's not just for you to wear good clothes, wear nice shoes, use the latest gadgets, being able to afford vacations. He said, that's not the purpose. The ultimate purpose is so that you can be a blessing. So that you can be a blessing. So that you can be a blessing. You had the testimony of Job. When you studied the book of Job, Job said, I was high to the blind. I was fit to the lame. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Fit to the lame simply means that it's seen people's journey through life. Somebody whose journey through life could have been impeded because of lack of education. He paid for their school fees. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I was high to the blind. Simply means he gave people insights. Am I making sense this morning? You need to understand this. You say life is a battleground. Life is a battleground. Even the marketplace is a place of battle. I'm not trying to scare you this morning. But you need to understand that whatever it is that God has promised and ordained for you, you have to contend for it. It's not just going to fall on your laps. You have to contend for it. And you see, most of these barriers are invisible. They are invisible. They are invisible. And that's why you need sensitivity. Because God, if you look at even the makeup of man, is <laughs> destructive. God did not put one eye in front and the other at the back for total coverage. He put the two in front of you. He's telling you the direction in which your life should go. Where? Forward. Where is your nose pointing to? Your mouth? Your legs? It means your life should consistently experience progress. You should always go forward. Proverbs 4 and verse 18. He says the path of a just man is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter. Not bright, dim, brighter, brighter, dim, dim, dim. Bright, no. Not three steps, two steps backward. There should be consistent progress. So when you look at a specific area of your life and you cannot say I'm progressing in this area, is a barrier. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So before someone starts thinking only of witches, maybe somebody calling your name in a witch coven. No, 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 no. That might be part of it. But I'm talking about even in the small areas. Your life should never remain on the same spot. That's one of the things I try to do as often as possible. I love to see things change around me. No, I can't, I can't stand for things. If, no matter how small, I change something around me. Almost every two, three months, something changes. Something changes in my environment. I can't affect, I don't know. Something must change. Something must change. Some people have work clocks in the house. The work clock is only correct twice in a day. Because it has stopped working. But at least twice in a day, it is correct. You see, all those things, there's a way it programs you for stagnation. Something is not working. You see, the first day you say, ah, this is not even working. Over time, you just get used to it. The moment you notice something is not going right, address it immediately. Address it. I've come to realize that over the years. Anything you don't address immediately, it will continue. And if you don't address it immediately, when you eventually want to address it, it becomes more difficult. It is easier to pull down a tree when it is still at the stage of a seedling. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To pull down an oak tree, the best time to pull it down is still when it's very small. Because by the time it becomes a full-grown oak tree, even if you cut it down, years later it will still sprout again. That's why sometimes some people in certain families, they keep dealing with perennial things. It's manifest in the life of the father, manifest in the second generation. That was happening in the life of Abraham. Abraham was a liar. I hope you know. Not a perpetual one anyway. A lie that Sarah was his wife, was his sister. He didn't address it. So he manifested in the life of Isaac. Isaac also lied about the wife. Isaac did not address it. In the life of Jacob, it multiplied. To the point that he was coming out of the womb, he said, this one is a cunning man. They saw that this one is going to be a manifestation of that which has not been dealt with in previous generations. It manifested. It just blew up. Look at David. David did not address his weakness for women. In the life of Solomon, it amplified. 700 wives. 300 concubines. He couldn't have recognized all of them. They must have had numbers. <laughs> you number what are you? <laughs> so I'm your wife. So I said, <laughs> what number? How many days are in a year? 365. So with 700 wives, you could maybe you only see your wife once every three years. Because there are even concubines to compete. And you know they always have more attention. It didn't deal with it. That's why let me tell you, some of us, you need to deal with certain things or else it will amplify in the life of your children. And it always gets worse. You see, time doesn't change things. Things only get worse with time. People say, hey, time will change it. No, 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 no. The only thing that happens with the passage of time is that things get worse. Except there is an intervention. You see, no matter how lovely, how luxurious a building, a facility is, you see, if you lock it up and there is no human intervention, to, you see, if you come back a year later, you will not be able to sleep in the house. You will not be able to live there. Why? Because with time, things erode in value, including lives. Including businesses, including careers. If there is no intervention, things will just keep getting worse. This morning I've come to provoke someone to have an intervention in their lives. You can't keep watching things to continue the way they are happening. No, 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 no. This business cannot continue as usual. This is the month of March. You cannot set goals for the year and you have not taken the first step on the fulfillment of that goal and you are still smiling. Ah, no, 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 no. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying this morning? Even if you have not begun to express the fullness, you should be able to see that, yes, I'm already making progress in this dimension. You see, sometimes, my pastor told me something years ago, like over 10 years ago, and he blessed me. He said, Akin, the devil hides himself in anonymity. What does that mean? The devil will give you logical explanations to what you are going through. So you will not see that he's the one walking behind the scenes. Why is this not happening? Uh, it's because fuel is now two on two. They brought it back to one, whatever. You know, it's ah, why is this not happening? Uh, it's because there will always be a reason. But let me tell you this Apostle Paul was smart. Apostle Paul did not say the reason why I did not come to you is because I was in prison. He said, Because Satan hindered me. Satan hindered me. Satan. Some people will tell you as a new creation reality, a lot of things people teach that are not scriptural. They say, no, Satan cannot hinder you. So, Paul did not understand new creation reality. Who taught us new creation reality? So, if Paul said Satan hindered me, it means Satan can hinder anyone. Am I making sense this morning? Satan can hinder anyone. 
Even Satan tried to undo Jesus. That's why Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. If Satan could approach God, because Jesus is God, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, he said, get behind me, Satan. It simply means if Jesus had not been sensitive, he would have fallen for his temptation. That's why the Bible says that the devil left him for a while, not left him permanently. If you read that passage of scripture, it means there were several times the devil still showed up in the ministry of Jesus. Several times. Several times. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, don't allow the devil to become anonymous in your life. Don't allow him to be anonymous in your business, in your finances. He just say, you know, business, you know, these are not, it's because of, you know, it's still a, a, a spillover of Corona. You are still talking about Corona. When some people in the lockdown, that was when they, that was when, that was their best season ever. You are still using that as an excuse. The devil will give you explanations. He will give you explanations why you are not getting that job. He will give you explanations why your salary has not increased. He will give you explanations why you've still not been able to buy that car that has been on your dream board for five years. He will give you explanations. Are you hearing what I'm that explain is and if you look around you around you, you will see those you will see those logical reasons. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 3 to 4. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There are basically two types of barriers I already mentioned. Number one is visible barriers, but number two is invisible barriers. But our focus this morning is on invisible barriers. Why do people experience barriers? Why? Why? <laughs> because we need to understand this. You see, let me say this. It is not unscriptural or spiritual to be challenged, but it is anti-covenant to be defeated. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? For the devil to challenge you, it's not, it's not that you don't have faith. Uh, when there is a barrier on your path. Even when God told the children of Israel uh, that he was going to get them out of the land of slavery into the promised land, there was a barrier on their path. The Red Sea. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was a barrier. And that was not the only barrier. There was a time they came across Jordan. Jordan is not a river you can just swim into. You can't just jump into it and say you want to swim in. Jericho was another barrier. They were going to the land. So, on the way to your promised land, on the way to the fulfillment of God's plan and purposes for your life, there will be several barriers. Not one, several. And so, you must know how to deal with these things. Because they don't just happen once and for all. They happen once and again. So, why do people experience barriers? Number one, causes. Causes. Number one is Genesis chapter 49 verse 3 to 4. Genesis 49 verse 3 to 4. The Bible says concerning Jacob, when Jacob was going to take his exit, the Bible says he called his sons. And the Bible says he began to, maybe we should go to verse 2. Let's go, maybe, let's start from verse 1. Let's start from verse 1. I want us to see, that, that was very critical. The Bible says, and Jacob called unto his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Did you see that? That which is going to happen, that is, I'm here to tell you your future. Look at verse 3, just skip verse 2. Look at verse 3, let's look at verse 3. He says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Verse 4, unstable as water. You will not what? You will not excel. He was his firstborn, but he placed a curse on him. And he said, that is how it will happen in the last days. The last day simply means your future. Let me tell you, these curses are real. Don't allow this new generation thing to deceive you. The Bible says a curse that does not have a reason is the one that will not come. Some curses are valid and the rest some people. Am I making sense this morning? If you what requires a cause, if a cause is released, it can manifest. Reuben, why did his father curse him? He said, because he went to my, he said, he said, he went to your father's bed and defiled it. He went to my couch. What does that mean? He slept with one of his father's wives. You see, and this is a dangerous man, Jacob. He thought, Reuben thought his father did not know. He kept silent about it until the day he was going to place a curse on him. He kept quiet. He kept quiet. Reuben must have been surprised. How did this man? Same thing happened to Canaan. 
<laughs> if you go to Genesis 9, Genesis 9, 25, or maybe we should start from verse 24, Genesis 9, I want us to see it, I have it here, I can read it to us, but I want us to see some of these things ourselves. Let's start from verse 24. The Bible says that Noah had woke. If you know the background story, right, Noah got drunk, but you need to understand that Noah had a relationship with God. It was more or less, if you study the scriptures, it was more or less, you know, like another Adam that God was starting a new walk with. And so there was a specific authority God has placed in his life. That anything he says, God is going to stamp it. But this guy had the weakness. He just came out of, you know, the stress of having been at sea for days. Nobody had seen rain before. Nobody had, you know, constructed a ship before. Probably was even going to, are we going to die in this thing? So eventually when he came out, the only way he could relieve himself, that's not to approve it, right? The Bible says Noah awoke from his wine. And what happened before that time was that his son saw him naked. And he went to tell his other brothers, <laughs> I saw that this nakedness. Be careful whose nakedness you reveal. Nakedness is not only physical. You see, when God gives you the privilege and the opportunity of being close to certain people and you see their weakness, be careful how you talk about it. They will know. They might not tell you, but they will know. Even if they don't curse you with their words, their hearts can curse you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? The Bible says, I know how I woke from his wine. What does that mean? It means he was asleep when his son was doing that. He said, I knew that his younger son, he knew what his younger son had done unto him. Look at verse 25. The Bible says, and he said, Cost be Canaan. A servant of servants shall he be unto his brethren. To be a servant is enough. Now, to be a servant of servants. And that was what happened. So, there is no amount of business strategy you can give a Canaan and his children that can make them survive a business. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? No amount of business strategy, no amount of visibility study. Whatever they go into will never work. They must be a servant of servants. So, they will have to serve those that are struggling. Not even a servant of the rich. A servant of servants. Bible says in Proverbs 26 and verse 2, it says, As the boss by wandering and as the swallow by flying, so the cause costless shall not come. What does that mean? If you can see another translation, maybe the HSBC that you guys normally use, it says, Like a fleeting sparrow or fluttering, it says, An undeserved cause does what? So it simply means a deserved cause will what? Go somewhere. So people experience barriers because of certain words. That's why some of you, I've told some of us, be careful how you relate with your parents, especially in their old age. Especially in their old age. Especially in their old age. Be careful of what they say. And be careful of the... You see, it's not even just your parents. The age around you. Be careful how you relate with them. Thank God you are more enlightened because revelation improves with generation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You definitely will know certain things more than your parents. But be careful how you pass that information across. No, mommy, leave me alone. You don't understand. What do you know? Ah. <laughs> Continue. You are playing with your future. You should be patient, especially people that have gone ahead of you. Be patient in your relationship with them. They might not be right, but you must have wisdom. Was it right for Noah to get drunk? No. Because the Bible specifically tells you, it says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess. Where people ask him, well, is he a sin to drink? Is he a sin not to drink? If you are still asking that question, you still have a long way to go in life. You see, drinking alters your faculties. You can't be yourself when you go, no, me, when I drink, it doesn't affect me. Continue. You, you know more than the Bible. You are very smart. <laughs> Number two reason why people express barriers are enchantments and divinations. Enchantments and divinations. Enchantments and divinations. That's what the Bible says in Numbers 23 and verse 23. He says there is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. It simply means enchantments are real. Hmm. Enchantments are real. I'll come back to that later. Hmm. Number three reason why people experience barriers is in discipline. In discipline. In discipline. We see that in the life of Reuben. Where we just read in Genesis 49 verse 3 to 4. Reuben was sexually indisciplined. 
sexually indisciplined. The cause that will last for his lifetime, and probably the lifetime of the student and the student's children, what did he do to deserve that? Would he have slept with his father's wife for a whole day, non-stop? Let's say, okay, he had the pleasure for 24 hours, which is impossible. Huh? But in discipline of few moments, place a barrier, a generational barrier on him. You see, I've told us, some of us, you need to, so, there are people that are insensitive to even things happening in their family. One of the things you need to do sometimes uh, is to be sensitive to your family history. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of us, we are believers, we are now in the city. You don't know the history of your family. Some things you need to know so that you will know what to address. Some things don't just go if you don't address them. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? So imagine the children of Reuben. They will just find themselves thinking, why? They don't know. If they don't hear the story, eventually if you read further down, it was Moses, a prophet of God, that broke that course. But if they were ignorant, because that's another reason why people experience by ignorance. 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 That's why the Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. People say, what you don't know cannot kill you. What you don't know cannot just kill you. It can kill you, dig your grave, bury you, and cover it up. It's that what you don't know cannot kill you. <laughs> really. He says, my people are destroyed. This is God speaking. He said, my people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Because they lack knowledge. Because they lack knowledge. So people just live life freely. Anyhow. It doesn't matter. Let's <laughs> You know, I'm a contemporary person. But when it comes to spirituality, you should not be contemporary. The battles of life are not contemporary. The, you see, let me tell you, demons, <laughs> demons are very old. They are like ancient of this. In the sense that they've been existing before you started existing. They understand the tragedy. <laughs> you see, the devil is very smart. He has been in existence for a long time. I hope you know, before the world itself began. So, he has a database of information. He knows where your progenitor, he knows where they started from. He knows certain things to tweak. He knows certain indiscipline, certain weakness that might be exist. That is just a time bomb. He knows how to use it and he knows everything we just scatter. He knows what worked 1,500, 200 years ago that you are even oblivious of. And that's why if you are going to be a Christian, be a serious Christian. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Be a serious Christian. Don't be a social media Christian. People also experience barriers because of sin. Because of what? Because of sin. Psalms 107 and verse 17. Psalms 107 and verse 17. The Bible says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Do you see that? Because of their iniquities, they are afflicted. They are afflicted. Sin attracts barriers. Affliction of all sorts. You see, when God tells you don't do something, do this. It's not for his sake, it's for your sake. It's for your sake. Another reason people experience barriers is foolishness. We see that in the same scripture. It says fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Right? So you see here, the first thing he mentioned is actually fools. What does foolishness mean? Foolishness is doggedness of conviction in spite of contradictory evidence. A fool is someone that cannot be admonished. A fool is right in his own ways. There is nothing you can tell a fool that is right. His way is the best. Or our way is the best. It is obvious to everyone or to the wise around the fool, that this is a wrong step. But the fool just believes, what is it? I know what I'm doing. As far as the fool is concerned, they are right. Everybody's wrong. And foolishness is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. It manifests itself in form of stubbornness. That's why you see that men who cannot be corrected often wreck the family. Haven't you seen men like that? Single ladies, be careful the kind of you are just looking for a guy that smells nice, he has a car. It could be a fool. The Bible tells us about a rich fool. Fools can be rich. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? You don't just check bank balance. You check mental prowess. Is he saying that? Can anybody correct him? Does he listen to anybody? Or is he a god unto himself? Those things might look attractive to you in the immediate, but he's signing up for eternal mystery. And it's not only men, there are foolish women too. Foolish women that believe, you no, know, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> a foolish woman, when you start dating her, she will corner you away from everybody. Everybody that has been in your life now becomes irrelevant. You must, you must be a world. Let me tell you, anybody you are in a relationship with as a single, that the moment you enter the relationship, everybody that used to matter no longer matters. That's a red flag. You are heading for destruction. Number next is lack of desperation to break free or lack of desire to break free. People experience barriers on their path in life. Why? Because there is no desire for more. There is no desire for more. There is no desire for more. That's why when we started out this morning in Deuteronomy 1 and verse 6 to 7, God had to tell the children of Israel, you have stayed too long in this place. You have stayed too long. It's time to go forward. I love the way I think it's the NLT version that says, it's time to advance. It's time to make progress. You have stayed too long here. Thank God for what he has done, but thank God much more for what he wants to do. That's why I always tell people, I've said it to us publicly and I've said it to a lot of people privately. People who God has done certain things for in the beginning of this year. Right? I always tell people, if God has done certain things for you between January and now, is the tip of the iceberg. Because you can't tell me that everything God wants to do in the year, if we only do it in March and April to December, nothing again. No, 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 no. God doesn't work like that. If you study the book of is it Revelations 21, it says that the tree bringing forth fruit every month. It simply means in the life of a believer, there must be something new, something fresh every month. Your life must show forth something productive, something testimony worthy every month. Every month, every month, every month, every month you must be looking out. For the manifestation of God's goodness in your life. Every month. But you see, if you don't expect it, you will not experience it. Some people, I don't expect my life to be normal. No, 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 no. My life should not be normal. If I want to be normal, I shouldn't be saved. There is nothing normal about the Christian faith. There is nothing normal. Even my practice, the practices of the Christian faith are not normal. So my experiences should not be normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The law of mathematics says 1 plus 1 equals to what? Two, the law of the spirit of the kingdom says the more you give, the more you get. It's not normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People argue with tithing because of the truth. Logically, it is not normal. Does it make sense? No. But the law of the kingdom says that when I tithe, it will open the windows of heaven over me. So if I'm doing that which is not normal, my experiences should not be normal. It should not be normal, except if you are not doing it. But if you see, he says this kind goes out, not goes out, not out, except by prayer and fasting. I should not be going hungry and spending time in his presence. And others are watching Netflix, and our experiences should be the same. No, it should not be. Somebody hear what I'm saying this morning. So people experience barriers simply because there is no desire for more. No desire for more. No desire for more. Now after 100,000 naira, you account 500,000 naira. You are not a big boy or big girl. What do you have? Convert it to dollars. How much do you have? Nothing. You can't even buy a correct plot of land. You can't even buy half. Or maybe inside Kana. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So how do you break barriers? How do you break barriers? How do you break barriers? Number one, embrace the truth of God's word. In any area of your life where there is a limitation, where there is a barrier, look for what God has said in that particular area of your life. If you're experiencing a financial barrier, what has God said about your finances? If you're experiencing a barrier in your health, what has God said about my health? That's why as members of this house, I expect everyone to be a student of scripture. If one of the things I'm thinking we'll do during the course of the year, maybe we'll start in the month of April, is we'll be doing Bible reading together. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because some people don't read their Bible. They only depend on what pastor preaches on Sunday. So what happens, I don't come for Wednesday service. So what happens Monday to, Friday, uh, to Saturday? That's why people are victims of toxic teachings and doctrines. You will believe any nonsense when you don't know what is written. 
Oh, can even come and tell you, you see, Jesus is not the only way. It's just a white man's strategy for colonizing you. Jesus is not the only way. Amadio is not one of the ways. And you too, you will believe it. Because you can't see your Bible. I hear what I'm saying. Just say, no, the white man, they came to impose their God on us. Our own God shall go to and lead you to heaven. You will believe it. All you need to do is to hear it consistently. One of the strategies, you know, of, you know, of dictators, when you study history, is that they pass across a specific ideology. How did the Germans, how did they come to the point where they could kill millions of Jews? They made them to consistently believe they were second-rated human beings. And these people are coming to take over your country. So as they were sending them to, 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 to gas chambers, they shut their eyes. And they were also Christians. They just made them believe it. When you hear something, that's why the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing again the word of God. You must consistently expose yourself to the truth or else over time you will believe a lie. You will believe a lie. Anybody can believe falsehood. If you hear it long enough, you will believe it. You will believe it. That's how some people get from non-titan believers, from titan believers to become non-titan. Because they are the toxic thing long enough. Is your money they are using? Can't you see the pastor going on vacation? Is your money they are using to fly? Is your money that is buying the pastor's shoe? Is your money? Please help me ask him how much is that money? Money of the people that talk like that, they have nothing in God's kingdom. There is no investment. Embrace the truth in any area of your life, in your career. You see, God's word is all round. There is nothing you are going through that God does not address in His word. If it's a career barrier, if it's a business career barrier, if it's health, there is something about it in God's word. Embrace the truth of God's word. Number two is radical praise. Radical praise. Radical praise. Sometimes when you are going through a barrier, all you need to do is to lock yourself up and give God praise over that thing. You have prayed about it. It has not come down like a mountain. You begin to praise God over it. Like the children of Israel walking around Jericho. You praise over that thing. You declare seven days of midnight praises. You sweat in God's presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The children of Israel, that was what happened to them. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat, who was king, was confronted by an enemy nation. And they knew by all human standards they could never win that war. They could never win that war. 2 Chronicles 20. Let's start from verse 22. Second Chronicles 20. The Bible says, and when they began, so when they were going to go to war, this was what Jehoshaphat did. He said, we can't win this battle. So there is no point. He said, so they appointed singers. Who goes into a battle singing? It must be crazy. But the Bible says, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord sent ambushment against the children of Ammon Moab and Monsiah, three people came, three nations to fight against them, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Look at verse 23. The Bible says, For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Monsiah, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, I love this phrase. He says, Everyone helped to destroy one another. So God reprogrammed them. To start seeing themselves, allies, as enemies. Look at what happened in verse 24. The Bible says, verse 24, verse 24, come on. When Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were corpses lying on the ground. Nobody had escaped. Did you see that? Not one person. They wanted to come destroy Judah. Those that wanted to destroy Judah. The Bible says, so as one was going, hey, you, you can't go. Come back here. Not one soul escaped. Verse 25. Verse 25, verse 25. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead body. Who brings riches to the battlefield? And precious Jews. So God organized them to bring their possession, all their wealth. Go and fight with it. <laughs> Which they stripped off for themselves. More than they could carry away. The Bible says, and they were three days in the garden of the spoil. Why? Because it was too much. How did that happen? Praise. You have complained long enough. Start praising God. I've complained. Oh, but you have been complaining. You complain about economy. As you saw the price of oil go this week again. Ah, this country said, oh, Let me just escape. It's, it's not about that. 
You can be in the midst of lack and keep experiencing plenty. I hear what I'm saying. Let me tell you this. There is no country where there are no poor people and there is no country where there are no rich people. In the poorest of nations, there are rich, there are rich people by global standards. And there are rich countries where the people cannot even afford meal. The next meal. So it's not about where you are. Location is not a limitation to location. Somebody hear what I'm saying? Praise is a lifestyle of praise. A lifestyle of praise. It invokes the presence of God. And the Bible tells us what actually happened when the children of Israel were going to cross the Red Sea. Let me see. The Bible tells us that God told Moses to raise up the rod. But David in Revel- God gave him a revelation of what have actually happened. In Psalms 104 verse 1 to 8, the Bible says, When Israel went out of Je- the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was a sanctuary and Israel is dominion. The sea saw and the sea fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains keep like rams and the little hills like lambs. What a lady, O sea? Why did you flee? <laughs> Thou Jordan. Why did you why were you driven back? Ye mountains that you skip like rams and you little use like lambs. Tremble the earth at the presence of what? Of the Lord. So what the Red Sea saw was God's presence. You see, and the thing about praises is it invokes the presence of God. It invokes the presence of God. So when you engage a lifestyle of praise, anything standing in front of you like a mountain, we just leave. Number three, obedience to instructions. Obedience to instructions. Obedience to instructions. When Israel was instructed to walk around Jericho, it was an instruction. It didn't make sense, but they obeyed the instruction. And the wall of Jericho, the barrier on their path came down. When the children of Israel were going to cross the Red Sea, the Bible says Moses told them as God had already told him, tell the people to go forward. And as they moved forward, the Red Sea parted before them. Not before they moved. It was when they moved towards it that the Red Sea parted. Obedience to instruction. Obedience to instruction. When Naaman came to Elisha to be healed, it was the instruction that Elisha gave him that he obeyed that delivered his healing. That delivered the zealot. Instructions will come to you through major three sources. As a believer, instructions will always come to you from three major sources. Number one, through God's written word. What has God said in his word? You see, don't be arguing with what you see in the Bible. I don't know. I still don't understand. You see something in the Bible. Say, no, no, that's not what the Bible says. The, the concordance of the etymology of... What's that? Number two, God spoken what to you. God would always speak to you if you are sensitive enough to hear what you're saying. Number three, God will instruct you through the one he has placed over you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Through your pastor, through your prophet, he would always instruct you. He would always instruct you through that. So sometimes when we say, do as a church, don't have an ideology of your own. No, I mean, it's not this week I want to fast. I've made up my mind to fast next week. Why? Why go to a place where you cannot follow the instruction? Just go to a place where you can, you can easily follow the instruction. No, no, nobody is fighting with you over that. I hear what I'm saying. Instruction. The prophet's widow, how did she break a financial barrier? Through the instruction of Elisha. Borrow versus. He didn't is indebted. And you are telling us to go and borrow again. It's as if this prophet is already going crazy. I told you that my husband left us in debt. They are about to take my sons as collateral. You are saying I should go and borrow again. This man does not understand the economics. He doesn't understand the marketplace principles. But she obeyed. She obeyed. And she was smart enough to go back when the miracle started happening. You know some people, the moment God does something in their life, they just disappear. You don't know that God just tested you with a little to see how you will respond. So she went back to Elijah and another instruction came. Go and sell. Don't eat everything. Your seed and your bread, they are two different things. Go and sell. I've seen people that, you see, let me tell you this. Oftentimes, how the instruction of a man of God will come to you is through counsel. It's through counsel. Not necessarily, no, no, it's through counsel. When I came across this scripture years ago, you know, not too far ago, it just blessed me. Confirms the counsel of his messengers. I can't remember exactly where it is. The media can help us to find out. He says he confirms the counsel of his messengers. The counsel of his messengers. What does that mean? Sometimes when your pastor counsels you, God will confirm that counsel. 
He will confirm it. The pastor does not understand. Doesn't understand. It's good. You understand. Continue. Number next is kingdom service. Kingdom service. Kingdom service. Why did God deliver the children of Israel from slavery, from bondage, from the barrier that has held down their generations for years so that they may serve him? In Exodus 9 and verse 1, God said, let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go that they may serve me. If you are too busy to serve God and the interest of his kingdom, your priorities are misplaced. Your priorities are... There is no other explanation. You see, let me tell you this. It is a strategy of the enemy to keep people busy in the end time. And it is not new. When God sent Moses to, the, to, 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 um, to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, let my people go, what did Pharaoh say? Pharaoh said it's because they are not busy enough. He said, give them more work so they will not have time to think of serving God. I've always told us this and I say it unapologetically. Any job that does not allow you to serve God is a job you should trust God for another one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As a believer, that you, 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 you go to work very early, you come back late, you, don't even, you are so tired you can't even pray. Your time is so clogged up you can't even come to church. Let me tell you, online service is not meant to be the lifestyle of a believer. It's meant to be a shocker for when you can't make it to church. Not that I'm online, online, what's that? The Bible says, do not forsake the gathering together of the believers. He said it. He knew there would be technology, yet he instructed us generations ahead that we should not forsake it. Because there is a tendency for you to forsake it. There is a tendency. Kingdom service, very critical. The Bible says, and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I make up my jewels, Malachi 3 and verse 17, it says, and I will spear them as a man spears his son that serves him. I will spear them. It simply means there is an advantage, a leverage that a serving believer has that an unserving believer does not have. And you need to know this. If you are a serving believer, you must learn to hold God to his word. I don't know how you guys pray, but me, I remind God of my investment in his kingdom. The father, certain things should not happen in my life. People cannot be looking for money up and down. They're also looking for money like that. Sometimes when we want to trust God for specific resources, first lady and I, when we pray, one of the things we tell God is, God, you know our money is ultimately for your kingdom. It's never... Maximum one week the supply comes. That's maximum, and it's not usually up to one week. Maximum. But Father, you know our money is ultimately first and foremost for the kingdom. Ultimately, it says as a spears, as a man spears the son, his son that serves him. His son, you might say, oh, I don't have resources. You have time. You have energy. What was the last time you reached out to, a, to the lost person? You have friends around you that are not saved and you are smiling with them on their way to hell. Nothing has ever occurred to you that you should even tell this person about God. You just said, let me tell you this, riches is not access into heaven. Because I see a, I see a misplaced, or I don't even know what to call it. Nowadays, people judge people by material things. Unbelievers even thinking that an unbeliever with more resources is better than them. So you see the car of an unbeliever. Someone who is a sinner, you may not, you know, people say don't judge. I don't, so a lot of things that has just come up in this day and time, you say you are judging. What's that? Even the Bible tells us that you should judge yourself so that you will not be judged. Scripturally, you should judge. It's not this don't judge, don't judge. There are many people to lose standard. Somebody uh, living a life that is answer scripture, he said, No, don't judge, don't judge. It's better you judge so that you can reach out to them and they can be saved. Salvation is not appropriated. Living illegally in the United States of America for 30 years does not make you a citizen. Attending church services for 40 years does not make you a believer, doesn't make you saved. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So somebody can even be coming to church. They can even be a church founder and not be saved. Do you know that? You know that church has business. They just hear somebody's message, write it out and repreach it. Because it's God's word, you may be blessed. Because Apostle Paul said, matter through the reason why some people are preached, as long as the gospel is preached, God is glorified. But they will have no 
That's why Jesus said, in the last days, some people will come to me and say, ah, in your name we heal the sick. We raise the dead. We close the naked. He will say, I don't know you. How did you know us? But we did it for you. You did it, but you are workers of iniquity. Workers of iniquity. So that's another way to break barriers. Salvation. A genuine salvation experience. Not coming to church. There are many church goers nowadays whose life is in total variance to the standard of scriptures. To standard of scriptures. Today you cannot even know who is saved and who is unsaved online. You can't know. You can't know. You see, the Bible says you are in the world but you are not half the world. There should be a difference. If you are saved, people around you should know you are saved. You should know you are saved. They shouldn't wake up in the morning and the song they are playing in their house is the same song they are hearing from your window. There should be a difference. I say, it's not in the Bible. Thou shalt not listen to this. Thou shalt not listen to this. Fine. But let me tell you this. You cannot be saved and be genuinely saved with the Holy Ghost living on your inside. And over time, you will be comfortable with certain things. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You will not. It will get to a point you just ah, mm-mm. Something in you will repel it. You will just know that no, 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 no. I, I, no. I, I can't be doing this anymore. I can't be doing this anymore. So it's one thing to be saved. You see, people say things like, once saved is forever saved. Nothing drives people to hell like that. Because the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If once saved is forever saved, the Bible will not say you should work it out. What are you working out? If it's a once, salvation is not a once and forever experience. You can be saved and become unsaved. Am I making sense this morning? I don't care whoever is teaching an opposite theology. That's why Apostle Paul said, even if it were an angel that appeared to you and teaches you this thing, he says, let him be cursed, even if he's an angel. Once saved is forever saved. The grace of God covers it all. That's, not, that's nonsense. You can be saved and miss it. Judas was one of the disciples of Jesus and he missed it. Am I making sense this morning? Also, the declarations of faith. What are you saying out of your mouth? Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, 23, he says, if you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. He says, and you don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things we have said will come to pass. He says, you will have whatsoever you say. When you see a barrier standing on your path and you can recognize it, you don't just watch it, you keep speaking to it. There are some things that might not even happen. Things might not happen when you start speaking in the immediate, but you don't stop talking it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some people might say, this thing, we are even saying it. It has not happened. Ah, you keep saying it. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. It was not when God spoke once that the whole earth was created. He spoke for six days continuously. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. This mountain is coming down. I'm breaking this barrier. I'm overcoming this limitation. This is becoming my history. You keep saying it. Numbers, 20, uh, Numbers 14 and verse 28. It says, as you have said in my ear, so will I do unto you. As we have said, so will I do. As we have said in my ears, what are you saying to God's ears? Did you see that? As we have spoken in my ears, so will I do. What are you saying? You are saying punch and this day. What are you saying? What are you saying? You say God's plan for your life. What God has promised in this world. That is what you keep saying. That is what you keep saying. That's what the Bible says in Luke 21 and verse 15. He says, I will give you a mouth. Luke 21 and verse 15. He says, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or to resist. A mouth and a wisdom that nobody will be able to resist. Question is, what are you saying? What are you saying? The Bible says, take with you words and turn to the Lord. Take with you words and turn to the Lord. There are times in the place of prayers, it's not God give me. You see, you are a believer, you are a king and a priest. A king does not beg, a king makes decrees. There are times that you just stand and you speak to... You see, you are not just saying, God, do it. No, he has given you the power to change things. 
You are not asking him to do what he has already given you power to do. I read many years ago, you know, one of Kennedy against books. He said he had a vision. Jesus appeared to him and he was having a conversation with him. And a demon just came right in between them and created a smoke. And he said over time he couldn't hear Jesus again. And he was wondering, why didn't Jesus just tell this demon? Why didn't, can't he just tell this demon to stop? And he just got very frustrated because of what Jesus was saying and he was missing out. He just said, quiet in the name of Jesus. And the demon fell and was screeching. Ah, ah. He just said, get out of here. And he asked Jesus, why didn't you stop it? He said, because on earth, every power on earth are giving it to you. So if you keep watching it, it will stay. Many of us were expecting God to do in our life what he has given us the power to change. You are waiting for Jesus to come and speak to your health on your behalf. You are waiting for him to come and speak about your finances on your behalf. You are waiting for him to speak on your, about your family on your behalf. No, 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 no. It doesn't work. It is irresponsibility for a father to keep doing for the children what the children are mature enough to do for themselves. God does not raise irresponsible children. He wants you to be responsible for yourself. Can somebody let me give you 30 seconds and just speak certain things. Speak certain things. Speak certain things. About your finances. About your business. About your career. Just speak. Speak right now. 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 What is that thing that has stood on your path? What is that thing that you know shouldn't be so? Speak to it now. It says you shall have whatsoever you say. Speak confidently. Speak with all boldness. Acts 14 and verse 3. It says long time they are both there speaking boldly. And the Lord confirmed this word in their mouth. With signs and wonders following. Speak boldly. Speak boldly. Speak to that sickness to leave. Speak to that dying business to come alive. Speak to that job to come. Wherever it may be. Tell that job to come. Tell that proposal to be approved. Tell that contract to be yours. Speak to it now. In Jesus name we pray. Because it's a prayer. When you declare what is the form of prayer. And last but not the least this point, there are a couple of things I want to talk about, but maybe we'll continue on, Sunday, uh, on Wednesday. The last but not the least is the anointing. The anointing. For this morning, the anointing. Isaiah 10 and verse 27. He says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his body shall be taken away from off your shoulder and his yoke from your neck. And the yoke, the yoke of stagnation, the yoke of limitation, the barriers will be destroyed because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. This morning I want us to rise up on our feet. I want you to begin to speak once again. Begin to decree and declare. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, every barrier on my path that has hindered me from making progress up until now, I decree and declare, begin to give way in the name of Jesus. Every barrier is given way. Every limitation is being removed. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Lift up your voice and begin to decree and declare. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Lift up your voice. Decree and declare. Decree and declare. Decree and declare. Every barrier is broken. Every yoke of limitation. Every yoke of stagnation is destroyed. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. You see, the anointing oil, the oil in, in itself does not carry power. It is what it represents. But before we do that this morning, if there is anybody, all eyes closed, if there is anybody in this house this morning, you know you are not saved. Deep within yourself, you know. I'm not talking about, you know you don't come to church regularly. I'm talking about a salvation experience on site or online. You just know deep within yourself that you are not saved. Hmm. The Bible says, but you know that God does not hear the prayers of sinners. He doesn't hear it. 
He says the prayer of the sinner, of the wicked, is an abomination to him. This morning you don't have a relationship with Jesus or probably there was a time you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you are backslidden and you are here this morning or you are here watching me. I want you to begin to make a commitment to Jesus right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you this morning as a sinner in need of a Savior. I acknowledge my sins and I acknowledge that I need you as my Savior. Jesus, Son of the living God, come into my heart today. Come in to stay Wash me of my sins and give me a brand new life. Write my name in the book of life. Today, I commit my life to you as Lord, be Lord and Savior over my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've said that prayer, I want you to know that you are now born again. It might sound very simple, but the Bible makes us to understand that is how we become saved. It says with the heart, man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation father in the name of jesus i lift up this oil before you this morning and i decree and declare as god's servant over this house that as this oil touches the head of your people every form of barrier is forever broken in the name of jesus i decree and declare this morning that every form of stagnation and limitation is forever removed in the name of Jesus. From this day, I say, make progress without limitation. Make progress without limitation. I decree and declare every barrier on the path of your dreams, on the path of your vision, on the path of every target you have set for this year. I say, let those barriers be broken right now. Let every yoke of stagnation be destroyed in the name of Jesus. From this day, I decree and declare every barrier that stands on your path as it sees the anointing upon you it will clear before you in the name of jesus just like the red sea parted before the children of israel from this day i decree and declare let every barrier begin to pathways before you in the name of jesus as i said it so shall it be in 